Welcome back, listeners, to Tomes of the Chaos Bard. My name is DM Dave, and to the left, we have... Henley. Woodrow. Lila Garatha. Roscoe. And Fenrir. And today's recap is by... Who are we having it today, Lila or Garatha? Oh, sugar, you know it's Lila. <laughs> um, so, what happened last time? So we were in this lovely little commerce district, and... Boudreaux decided that he needed a belt with spices, but apparently, where you go to buy spices, you cannot get a belt for that. Um, so we bought the spices, went down, and he got something commissioned, special for that. We went and met this fine gentleman, his name's Swindle, tiefling, purple, really cool. I quite enjoyed him, and he's a quite the upstanding citizen. I really appreciate that he keeps things confidential. Uh, after that, we decided to get some yummy food, and then Henley went to go meet one of our friends. I don't particularly know who, and I think she was checking on phone in, but I'm not sure. She didn't have to. It's fine. It's fine. Awesome. Yes, thank you, Lila. You're welcome, sugar. <laughs> okay. Boudreaux, you are heading down to uh, the Hammer Tavern, and Garatha is tagging along to go see her buddy, Brighton, as well. Mm-hmm. When you arrive in there, you two, since you both met this group, see some familiar faces. And one unfamiliar face. Well, at least for Garatha, unfamiliar. Boudreaux, you do recognize this person. But the group is Godfrey, Bortali, Melon, and Jorgen. They're all sitting there, and the unfamiliar face for Garatha, but Boudreaux would know her as Raven. She is a dark complexioned female with kind of pitch black hair. She's looking kind of worn out. And you see Brighton there as well. And you guys approach and sit down at the table. Brighton welcomes you in and he's like, Ah, oh, good. It seems like we're having everybody. Uh, there's some someone that you guys are going to bring or they're coming soon, right? Yes, they should be on their way. Okay. Okay, I guess we'll we'll wait a little bit. And Godfrey turns to Boudreaux. He's like, Swampy! Oh, How old are you? Goodness, Godfrey, I've never been going under this other hobby. You don't even know what happened to me lately. I've been seeing a girl from like this guy and then in the book and then like, oh my gosh, oh, it's so good to see you. <laughs> whoa, 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 there. Calm down, Swampy, calm down. It sounds like you've had a lot of adventures going on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's... And I heard that you ran into Ivan out on the on the road. Who? Ivan, the one, the bounty hunter that tried to catch oh, you guys. Oh, that guy? Yeah your, yeah, your friend Lila was telling here's all about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, he was all right, but, like, his his cook, Stompy, you ever met him? <laughs> <laughs> He's a riot. I love that guy. <laughs> we almost started a riot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you would have lost. That group of his, whew, there's some fighters there. I mean, they could have fought us, but they couldn't have made the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Though Stumpy is, he's pretty good. Yeah. At least his stuff is edible, not like other stuff. Yeah, I helped him out. Okay, and soon after... You see Arthanel enter. And he comes in and walks in and Brighton, or he recognizes Boudreaux and, and uh, Lila and walks in, sits down, and he's like, 
So, who is the one that is setting up this arrangement? And Brighton stands up. He's like, so, you must be the one, every, one that we're trying to get in. He's like, are you in charge? Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, what kind of skills and stuff do you want? We're going to try and get you in. However, well, I can do anything that is necessary. I can be whatever. Okay, I guess we're going to have you. You could probably be a, a dishwasher because there are going to be lots of dishes that you can do. Fine. But what's, what else do we need to do? What is everybody else's jobs? Ah, yes, well, so everybody's on the same page that you, speaking to Arthur now, sounds like you're just going to be washing dishes. And the rest of these crew, we got Pauline here. Boudreaux, you wouldn't have recognized her being called Pauline. Oh. All the other times you would have recognized her being called uh, Raven. But he points to Raven and calls her Pauline. Brighton does. Boudreaux looks at her. No, that's Raven. And like Godfrey goes like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. Her, her real name is Pauline. But oh. we just call her Raven because she likes to go treasure hunting and looking for shiny things. <laughs> that... And then the color of her hair, of course, is dark like a raven. No, no, that makes perfect sense. I have my own nickname, too. <laughs> yes, you're swamp because you were down by the swamps. That's right. And you smell like one, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. While they're making their jokes and talking about what's happening, I want to survey the room and make sure that everything is, like, nobody's really, like, trying to spy or whatnot or being all weird. It seems like everybody's, like, keeps, there's lots of people looking over because of their loud laughter. Mm -hmm. Godfrey has a huge, boisterous laugh. But it seems like there's other tables that are loud laughing mm -hmm. and stuff, so it doesn't look like anybody's. Roll me a perception check. That's a 23. Okay. From your surveillance, doesn't seem like anybody's eavesdropping. Like, you got a lot of people looking, mm -hmm. but not a lot of people like, oh, what are they saying? What are they... Okay. I'm going to continue to try and survey the room just passively while okay. doing that. Perfect. Thank you. Brighton, like, puts up a hand. Okay, guys, okay. Let's get to business here. We don't have a lot of time because we're going to need a lot of sleep because we got to get up early in the morning. We need to meet by that fruit stand uh, due from heaven. We need to meet there bright and early, right when the sun starts coming up. I will be there with two carts. Me and Melon are going to drive the carts in. Everybody else is going to have to hide in the carts. Okay? Is there any any questions? Boudreaux, that means that you need to uh, keep down a little bit. Yes, yeah. And you're going to need to shower, too. Yeah. That's yeah. Your next stop. You need to bathe. You need to get that stuff. Swamp. I like wash my face, yeah. You're, we're gonna have to get you some different clothes too. I did bring some clothes for you to try on. Me? Uh, yeah. You can't wear that in the party. To get, I, I, I killed this gator myself. That's fine, but you're not gonna get it in the party unless you change and bathe. But we can discuss that in a little bit. Um, yeah. You, a uh, stranger. What's your name? My name is Arthanel. Okay, Arthanel. Is there any questions or anything? Me that do of heaven, bright and early. Yes. Is that all? We're gonna hide in some carts. Yes, and you gotta hide in a cart. Are you fine with that? Yes, no problem. 
Well, that's about all I got for you. Good. I will see you there. And this is the episode where Dave talks to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David, Dave, and I. <laughs> Dave, David, and I. Dave, Dave, and Davey. <laughs> and Arthanel gets up and then he leaves. And he and you see Brighton just like kind of eyeballing him down. And he looks over at Garoth and he's just like, is that one of your friends? No, it was favor that we had to call in in order for something else that we needed to have happen. Well, as long as he doesn't mess with any of our plans, I think we'll be fine. If he does, we might need to uh, have a backup plan in place. Well, I know you're going in with your dad, but, and he should be in the kitchens. Just keep an eye on him. I don't quite trust him. Well, you and I both know that uh, even though weapons aren't allowed, they can't take these guns. <laughs> My little arms are like, they're not as big as they used to be, but they're still, they still work. <laughs> right. And so uh, Godfrey and Boudreaux, I'm sure, are just bantering oh. back and forth. Yeah, that's why I wasn't friends. a part of that conversation. Melon is being her kind of little shy self. She is not a person that likes to be noticed type of deal. So she's keeping her head down. And Jorgen, he's just... Sipping his ale. Just enjoying time. You do realize, recognize that Raven, she's being very... She just seems worn out and preoccupied. So she's kind of... She has a cup, but she's kind of rotating the cup on the table. You know, just swirling it around. Seems to be in deep thought. <laughs> oh, man, that's really funny, Godfrey. I like that story, but, like, Raven, what you been up to, eh? And she doesn't seem to... Realize that you spoke to her. Raven. Elbows her. Uh, oh. Boudreau, hi. Yeah, what you been up to? You look a little tired. Well, I've been looking for for Posh. Didn't, didn't you? I did hear about that. And, and thank you for, um, I know, you. Uh, uh, Lila, right? Yeah. Thank you for delivering that message. I, I, I really appreciate it. Of course, it was part of the deal we made with Ivan. Do you need to try Groven to her? I, I, I hope not. I know she mentioned something about that like she knew where they were. The try Groven? No, not the try Groven. She, she knew where... The lizard folk? The lizard folk were. But she wouldn't tell me anything more, and I, I told her, you know, don't worry about doing it, don't worry about going, and then I just woke up one morning and she was gone. But dang. She, I mean, like, she blessed with something and she's crazy, but like, that's a little odd even for her, yeah? Right, she knows what the Trigoven are capable of. I mean, she was taken by the Trigoven once and Weird. she was able to escape maybe I'm talking a little too much but yeah she's she was taken once and she was the only one that was able to escape that's crazy yeah I mean you've noticed that she's had kind of different runes and, yeah. and scars on her right yeah you seen those? I guess they were experimenting on her yeah. 
they were trying to figure out from she doesn't talk about it much but there's some occasions that she has opened up yeah i, I could never get her to talk about them no the, the little bit that i got from it is that she they were experimenting on her because of her druid magic and her ability to transform into animals. Yeah, yeah. Kundas blessed, huh? Yeah. But they were trying to figure out why and how. Yeah. And so the, but, and then she heard that the, I don't know where she heard it from or something, and she just woke up one night and she's like, I know where they are at. And I said, who? And she's like, the lizard folk. And she, I finally calmed her down and then she left. It's, it's been almost a month since she's been gone. And I'm just worried about her. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it be related, but like, I myself would have a dream. You had a dream too. Yeah, it, I, I saw a messenger from Kundas and he told me that something bad be coming. No. That's about all I know. I wonder if she had something similar. Yeah, that, yeah, I mean, she's, she's clearly blessed with the gifts. She's highly rated a Kundas, so, like, it would make sense to me. Well, it's, it makes it that much more important that we find her. Yeah. I mean, if you've had, had a dream and she's had a similar dream, maybe that, is, is there anything else, any other information that you, that you remember? I'd have to look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Give me one sec. No, that's about all I have. I mean, there's this guy named... Oh, oh, it was the guy that we just talked to. Arthur now. He said that he don't know where our family is. Yeah, who is that guy? And he kind of looks at Lila as well. She, Pauline, looks at Lila and as well. Like, who was he? Um, I'm not making eye contact because I'm still kind of surveying stuff. Okay. And he is someone that we met because Roscoe made a lovely speech and needed to get in to talk to the Duke about the Tregrovin, from what we understand. And that he needed to get in and talk to the Duke and he healed somebody else that we needed to he have had in a good terms. real cool stone. That thing's blessed, too. That It, like, healed an old lady from, like, being two people. Well, not quite two people, but mind split, sure. Yeah. And Godfrey listens, and he's like, ooh, he has some special item, huh? Yeah, it just seemed mm. real cool. I, I definitely think that, uh... Does he keep it on his person? I, I, I'd say no, Godfrey, huh? Hmm, Are you gonna try we'll, and lift it? Maybe this that that type of thing might be a little worth something. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't sell it though, because like, we might want it later, and we'd we'd know who to ask if we had it. Well, you, uh, you over there okay with lifting something that's not yours, Boudreaux? Wait, do what? Anyway, Miss Pauline. So it's more of just an acquaintance of an acquaintance. Oh, okay. Well, and Godfrey like speaks up. He's like, well, Brighton, and puts his hand on Brighton's shoulder. He's like, well, Brighton, we really appreciate all your help. Brighton early, right? 
Brian Nerdy. <laughs> he's like, and Brighton chuckles, and he's like, "Yeah, we'll we'll get you in there, and you can take care of business." He's like, "Good, good man. Let us go, all of you. You're all invited to our our camp. We'll have a little drink, a little dance. Vortali can play a little for us. Come, come with us." Is there a lake down there too? Ah, uh, no, we don't have any lakes. There's the big one over there. <laughs> what if we jump in first, eh? You're gonna and Brighton speaks up. He's like, you're gonna need more than just lake water. No, I think lake water be fine. You need some soap there, bud. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> I already purchased some for him. Yeah, just make sure that he gets clean and he looks presentable. Here's the clothes and he hands them to Garatha. Here's the clothes that I want him to change into. It'll look it'll look better and presentable. Better than what he looks like. Lila's gonna Wait, uh, Lila's gonna kinda pop up and then like, Well no, Sugar, what's wrong with the way he looks right yeah, now? Yeah, what's wrong with the way I look? He's not gonna be presentable to be in the kitchens or wherever he's gonna be. Look, I'm only doing this to see how this supposedly real good cook um cooks because one day I could take his bot Well, Sugar Good luck. <laughs> Sugar, you know if you're going to take his spot, you've got to bathe regularly to work in those places, right? <laughs> and not once I taste it. <laughs> anyway. Whatever. Just, you'll need to bathe. If you arrive at the meeting point and you're not clean, you are not coming with us. Okay, okay. I will. I will. Um, Lila's going to put her arm on Brighton. Okay. His, like, forearm mm-hmm. and rub her little thumb on it and say, well, now, Sugar, don't you worry. I'll take care of that. And he, like, looks down at his arm and looks at you, like, confused. Because he's like, thanks? <laughs> like, at <laughs> this point, like, you can see, like, he could probably, if he's paying attention to my face, like, see an internal battle because there's, like, a whole lot of different facial expressions <laughs> going on. Yeah, he's like, are you okay, Garatha? Garatha is going to, like, finally win mm-hmm. at that point. <laughs> And then say I, uh, she's gonna pull her back hand back very quickly and say I apologize, Lila was trying to flirt with you. Ah, okay. Then he kind of like moves his arm awkwardly. <laughs> that idea, like, okay, this, that was. He pulled a Henley. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Henley feels. <laughs> and then I, Boudreaux walks over and grabs the clothes that are in your arms and he just puts it up to his face. Nah, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> it's going to if you want to come. Now, go. I got to get back up to the place. Make sure everything's in order before I come down here. Make sure the wagons are set. All right. All right. Fine. Come on, Lila. I could see Boudreaux kind of leaving, and mm-hmm. then Lila's still fighting. Like, they're still arguing. She still <laughs> wants to do it. So there's, like, a pregnant, like, awkward, am I going? Am I coming? Mm. And just, like, look back and forth between Boudreaux and Brighton. And then she finally just defeated Lee, goes after Boudreaux. Okay. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's well, a well, little defensive. Wow, wow, wow. Well, well, Okay. You guys head off. Um, Godfrey yells back, We'll see you tomorrow morning. We'll see you. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Maybe Bye. tonight. Wink. 
Does he and say he just, wink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Godfrey waves. You know where we're at. <laughs> go the bath house to the bath I house to. and is gonna get clean. <laughs> Does Boudreaux sing in the bath? Yes. <laughs> it only happens uh, twice a year, so <laughs> it's a special occasion. Okay. All right, you know, I just got to tell you, are you going to be here when I come back? Of course, sugar. I'm not going to leave you. Can you not allow to... I don't, I don't want you to peek, okay? I don't, I don't want to peek. Okay. Cool. And then you just hear, like, feet. And then... <laughs> and then you hear a bunch of people going, What are you Why is the color, water changing colors? <laughs> that is that oily, a rock? oily film that just goes <laughs> in the water. He scrubs his hair. And then, like, there's a couple bugs just popping out. And then there's, like, some feathers in the water. You see a bunch of people just start leaving the bathhouse. Like, grabbing their towels. They're just like, nope. Oh, no. I forgot the soap. Throw it across. Lila's going to go in with her eyes closed and her hand over top and just throw it in the bath water and leave. And you, bloop. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take the gator off? Oh! <laughs> that, you did mean you take I have the to take off? my clothes off? <laughs> I mean, they, they could probably use a bath too, but yeah! Alright, alright, alright. Down in the swamp where the water is dirty, that's where I want to be one day! <laughs> be with my family! <laughs> Comes out and he gets into his new clothes. And that's just where the episode's going to end. We'll see you next time. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm in charge of closing this out. <laughs> yeah, so Boudreaux, <laughs> you're smelling nice. And Lila, he looks very similar to Dwal. He almost looks like a very younger version of his dad. With dreads. With dreads. <laughs> yeah. You can be in the kitchen the whole time. Oh, yeah. Okay, don't step out of the kitchen. Why? Am I too pretty? What's <laughs> <laughs> that little squeal? You all right? <laughs> he grabbed your shoulder. <laughs> I'm squealing. I think this is cute. <laughs> Lila just got really like self-conscious and embarrassed because, yes, she thinks he's beautiful. <laughs> but she doesn't want to say that. <laughs> Are you sure you're okay? Look, breathe in. Breathe out. Okay, we can just go to bed. Look, I know I'm handsome. There's a reason why my mama named me Boudreau. <laughs> like I said earlier, the booth are beautiful. You look like a lot like your daddy right now, and I, th- I think you should stay in the kitchen till you mud up. And she walks Till you mud up. <laughs> <laughs> You do have your crocodile stuff all kind of wall, wadded up into a, a ball and everything, and you're very ill-dressed. Like, the but your missed buttons, and half of them aren't even connected to a hole. And His flies down. His flies down. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> She's not going to mention the disheveledness okay. at all. 
and she's going to go offer to take his other clothes back with her to store with any other things that are at Choir's Natrimentum. Okay, okay, look. And he hands you this wad. <laughs> and he's like, this is real important. And all I can see right now is just a crocodile head staring at me. Yeah, it's still got its teeth on it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it's real important. You don't understand this means that I'm a man. So I'll let you take this so that I can go and party. But I need you to be, I'm trusting you, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Lila, you're heading up back to the I'm choirs home. of Antrimentum? Back to bed. Mm-hmm. Right to bed. Yep. Okay. With the gator skin. I'm not going to sleep with it, though. I might sleep next to it, but I might sleep with it. Respect. And Boudreaux, you're going to go to Godfrey. Yeah, yeah we're just going to party. Okay, yep. They're just going to have fun, discuss, talk. It is now morning of the party. party. Day. It is the party day. Henley, you meet at the Vanguard to... Mm-hmm. Bright and early. Like, she's 10 minutes early. Okay. You get there. Uh, Rashik... And she shined her ranger badge. Making sure it's nice and visible. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you meet Rashik. He is a tiefling. He is a red tiefling. Mm-hmm. He is a thin, tall tiefling. But his horns have been, you can see that they are, have been cut off. Which is different because most of the tieflings are very proud of their horns. Mm-hmm. But for some reason this one is missing his horns. Okay, and he begins to escort you up to the party. Are you Rashik? I am, yes. I hope you don't think this is rude, but um, what happened to your horns? And he kind of takes a deep breath. Well, you know, it's not something I'd really like to talk about, but since we're going to be... Kind of on guard duty I'm, together. I mean, you don't have to tell me. I was, it's just really obvious and yeah. But I'm Henley. Nice to meet you. I'm Henley. a I'm ranger. Rashid. I can tell. <laughs> um, I'm really good with a bow. And okay. I can use my short swords. What are your skills? I prefer the long sword. And he taps his side. He has a very nice long sword by him. Mm. He's like, but hopefully I don't have to use it tonight. It should be somewhat of a relaxing night. I don't see anything really going on. I yeah. hope it's relaxing. You, got, you are traveling with another group, a big group of okay. it, of other vanguards that are going to be there for helping out with security. Is there any other people or just vanguards? Like, she's asking where she can. Mm-hmm. We're mainly going to be inside. Most of the guards are going to be on the outside. Mm. We'll be keeping an eye inside because we're more skilled at different things. That's what I like to think. And their pain is pretty good. They're... Okay. (sighs) And he's not getting paid, is she? (laughs) She's getting paid. You would know that Mara said that it was 100 silver. Okay. To, to take this position. Okay. Um, what can you tell me about Mara? Well, she seems really capable. She's very capable. She's, I mean, 
She's part of the reason why I'm alive. Part of the why I'm missing horns. She used to be in, a, in an adventuring group, and they ticked off the wrong person and knew that I was associated with them, and he kidnapped me and cut off my horns. That's terrible. Yeah, then sent them to her party, and yeah, they, she came and rescued me and took care of him, too. Wow. So I owe a lot to her. I used to be just a... A bum drunk, but, you know, ever since then, I've been by her side. I owe a lot to her. She's pretty cool, it seems. Anyway, um, where exactly are we stationed? Yeah, and he'll tell you as you guys Mm -hmm. continue on. He tells you that the you'll be sitting by the kitchen doors. Mars already filled you in on where that's going to be. She's just getting it, yeah. Yeah. And that will be all discussed there. As you're there, you're familiarizing yourself with everybody coming in and out. Uh, we'll go to Fenrir. You were told to be up there bright and early. You're heading to the gate and you run into this high elf heading up that direction as well. You've heard that there was a high elf around and that her name was Vortali. And you guys run into her, into each other and you guys get to the gate together and... Show your papers, and and you guys start heading up. So, Fortali, you're a high elf? I mean, you're a high elf. Like, like, why did you leave your country, state, town, mm-hmm. island? Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, much. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much an island, yeah. I just got tired of it. You know, everything was so orderly and done for you, and I just, I just wanted to live a little. Huh? Awesome. So are you and I kind of taking turns up there? Yes, I will be one of the performers up there. Okay, awesome. What do you do? What do you play? Oh, I mainly play the viol here. I'm Um, more of a a wind person. I have these little, the pan flute here. Oh, all right. That's cool. Yeah, and you guys can talk about music and everything that you guys have. Boudreaux, you wake up with your group. And you guys head over to Brighton at the Dew of Heaven. Did You're somebody to... tell you that you're super disheveled and awkward and fix you? I'm sure Godfrey took <laughs> Vortali <laughs> probably took care of him before she headed out. <laughs> Vortali made sure that he looked nice and Presentable. that because of the partying last night that everybody was clean. She used Oh look at her being all mama bird. She was very yeah. mama bird with this group. And she used uh what is it, prestidigitation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spell time. So this one is kind of like a minor spell trick that novice spellcasters use to practice. This can create an instantaneously and harmless sensory effect or like sparkles or a puff of wind. It also can snuff out a candle. It can instantly clean or soil any object, which is pretty much what she's using to clean everybody up, make sure they're all... Uh, good to go and looking presentable. There's other effects we can do, but we'll get to those when they arrive. So you guys travel there. You're able to meet Brighton, and he's filling you out. He's like, okay, you guys have to be really quiet. I need you guys to... There's a little compartment in here that you can crawl under. Uh, Godfrey, you are a little bit bigger. You got to hop in the back. But everybody else can can tuck underneath here. And Arthanel is there as well. 
and he crawls actually in the same compartment with you, Boudreaux. Um, is there any conversations you want to have with him? Nope. Okay. You're able to get up to there. Uh, Brighton get, takes you kind of this it, behind this wall, gets you guys out, and he's like, all right, I'll go get you guys stationed up. And remember, we don't start anything until... And he's like looking at Godfrey, and he's like, we don't start anything until the party starts. You can scope out and all you want, but nothing. Okay? Okay, okay, okay. Okay. And he says that quietly so Arthanel can't hear, but he doesn't care if you hear. Mm-hmm. And he takes you inside. In there, Brighton starts setting people up. Okay, Godfrey, you're in the dishes. You'll probably you'll be next to Arthanel. I'll Arthanel, you're gonna be doing the dishes. This will be your spot. Godfrey, you'll be sitting here. Melon, Jorgen, and Pauline. You guys will be the waiters. I'll show you in your, you guys in just a sec. Boudreaux, he takes you over to kind of this big, large fire oven looking thing. And there's several different stations. They all have pots and pans and a bunch of vegetables and meat and stuff sitting in front of it. People are already starting to get things ready, prepared, chopping up and getting things going. He's like, you're gonna be sitting next to this lady and before you, you see kind of this little nervous. You can see that she's very nervous. And she's a halfling. So she's on this, like, has like a little step ladder, or not a s- little stairs going up to the yeah. pot where she's at. And he's like, you're going to sit here next to Bree. This is kind of be going to be your cooking partner. This is who you're going to be working with. She's very nice. She's very quiet. Just be nice to her. I can do that. Yeah. Okay. He's like, okay. And she knows all, she can fill you in on what you need to do. Oh, okay, okay, she boss. So he leaves. So you're sitting next to this really nervous, she's not even making eye contact. She glances up at you every now and then. Aubrey, I like your name. It's a good cheese. Thanks. Uh, And she extends a a hand, her hand shaking. She's like, I'm I'm Brie Honeypot. Oh. That is so cute. I mean, dead. I am forever in your service. <laughs> what do I do? Uh, yes, uh, just chop, chop these up, and uh, and you can see that she keeps glancing over at this one guy. And this guy, he's not very tall. He's a human. Not very tall. Probably about five, 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 six. And he, his back is facing you. He has that very tall white hat, chef hat, and his hands are placed behind his back. You can see that he's looking over some ingredients of some kind. Yeah. While his hands are behind his back, you see that he's carrying a very large silver spoon. (laughs) (laughs) We all know what's coming. (laughs) As you're kind of like glancing and looking at him, he kind of turns and looks over at the person next to him and they seem to be chopping something and you just see him swing that spoon around and smack him right in the hand. Boom! You are not doing this right! You need to... Oh, I am I am around idiots! This is how you do it! And he takes the knife away and he like starts showing him how to do it. He's like, this is how you do it! God, the incompetence! And you, you physically see Brie flinch. And she's like... Please don't make 
any issues. I don't want to be hit by that spoon. He's great. He's a master. Mm, but that spoon really hurts. Mm. Mm, all right. All right. I'll be good. I'll be good. Okay, well, here's the instructions. Go ahead and read over them, and then you can get uh, start preparing, okay? Oh. <laughs> You, David. <laughs> oh, I, I can't read. <laughs> no, we've been having. Small, okay, sorry. sorry. We've been having small lessons. Remember, you might be able to read the simple stuff. And David, tell me what happened. What, what do we see? <laughs> You're seeing a just bunch of letters. A lot of them you don't recognize, but the food in front of you, like you've cooked a lot. Yeah. You know, kind of what mixes what to do and stuff. Um, roll me. <laughs> I think that's, that's nature. Personally. Per- I don't know. This one might be survival. I think it would be that's some true. sort of wisdom. Because when you try so. to go and find food and stuff, don't you use survival? More, you're trying to survive your fate of the silver spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Could be animal handling. <laughs> I think that's what meat. the cook Vegetables. is doing. <laughs> that would be meat. Right. Yeah. I'll let you choose okay. between uh, survival, because I can see that a lot of these different skills could apply to cooking. Yeah. So I'll let you choose whether between animal handling, because there is meat there, you would know how to You could it pray out. and then put it under religion. Nature. <laughs> <laughs> survival <laughs> of the fittest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You could use nature because of seasonings. You would know what... You would know what plants could go taste good with the meat and stuff. Um, yeah, one of those two. Uh, okay, we're going to use survival. Okay. And I got 19, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Okay. You're able to, as you start doing stuff, Bree is kind of focusing on her side of the cooking. 24. Oh, okay. I count on my fingers, but I still can't count. <laughs> Very Boudreaux. <laughs> He just knows by instinct what to do. Yeah, so she's not, because of that, you're just like, it looks like you know what you're doing. She's not really focusing on that. I got I to gotta crush the garlic, and then I got to peel the garlic. <laughs> I got you, man. Okay. You measure garlic with your heart. <laughs> you really not do, with though. a tablespoon. <laughs> you see Bree, and she's like, he's coming, he's coming, look, look busy. Okay. <laughs> and he like comes over and you can see it and you can feel him. You can almost sense him breathing right behind you, watching you work. He likes it. And he's, roll me a performance check. <laughs> yeah, okay. This is going to be great. <laughs> Plus zero, so I got six. <laughs> I think, can I be trying to so show fitting. off a little bit? Yeah, that's Kay. fine. Okay, how are you showing off? So I like I like throw the knife up in the air and try to catch it. Okay. <laughs> and then I like roll well, to see I, like, if you lose a finger. Grab the knife <laughs> and then I like go to crush it. You take the knife and you throw it up in the air. Okay. And his hand reaches out and just grabs it. <laughs> and with your hand that you went up to go catch it, he smacks it with a spoon. Can I dodge it? You don't know it's coming. Okay. And he does four damage to you. (laughs) Smacking your hand pretty hard. It leaves a spoon welt. (laughs) Right on your knuckles. 
And he's like, what yeah. are you doing? You are not supposed to be playing around. You're supposed to be chopping these. Whoop, and whoop, what, is, whoop. what is all these chunks? What, what is all this? <laughs> you are, and he points at Bree. He's like, you are supposed to be teaching him. You are supposed to be showing him what is going on. Ah, oh, the incompetence. Fix this now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he just glares at you and walks away. Oh, dang it. I'm sorry. It, it, it's okay, but... I won't do it again. I won't do it again. I promise. He doesn't like showing off. He just wants you to do your job and do it right. You start showing off and, you know, that happens. Okay. So there's no... I'll get on his good side. You just wait, Bree. I... Please. I don't want to lose my job. I know know you're just temporary here just to help out, but I, I can't lose this job. This job means a lot to me, and he's... One of the hardest jobs to get, so please don't ruin this for me. Okay, okay. What are we cutting next? Uh, why don't you start on these carrots? And okay. So, and so you guys go through, and I'll have you make some rules for how the food tastes and stuff. Okay. Let's get to nighttime. Dun dun dun. So, Roscoe and Lila and Garatha. Roscoe enters the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. You meet Garatha's dad at the at the entrance of the Monarch District. So, real quick, just yes. before, while we were getting dressed and, you know, putting our fanches on and stuff, I want to, weapons aren't allowed. Correct. But I'm not necessarily sure about what's going to be happening up there. Mm-hmm. And so I want to try and conceal my daggers. Okay. Do you want me to roll anything for those? Cause I, so I plan on wearing my fancy gear and then my, my braces, and I was thinking, like, just right up underneath the bracers so they're quick access but still hidden. You want me to roll like Roll a, me a sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. Yeah. It's a 15. Okay. You're able to do that just fine. Okay. So you're able to hide those. You guys are able to meet Garatha's dad, Hanar, and you head up to the party. You guys are able to get there. They're seen to be set in... Many of the guests are there already. Kind of the more important guess you see the duke there he's kind of just sitting at his high on his table so in this area where the party's going to happen it is a very large room has a large dancing social gathering spot kind of in the middle of the room and around that large social area it's kind of where the people dance and where the band plays and everything there there are three levels around them and they're probably about 10 foot lengths, and that's where all the tables are, sitting around this in a square. Hanar kind of explains that, and Garatha would know, mm-hmm. that the lower ones, those are for kind of the lesser nobles, mm-hmm. and then the higher one is where the Duke meets. That's where special guests would meet, so you guys would be sitting up there. You guys are actually like seven spots away from the Duke, and that's where the council members are as well. While you got your fines on. Exactly. Had to make sure you looked presentable. Okay. There's some loud trumpets, and the doors open, and so all the other guests start trickling in. (laughs) The party starts going off smoothly. Fenrir, you and Bortali, there's a few other entertainers there as well. Uh, The beginner ones are kind of the warm-up band. You know, they're they're playing pretty pleasant. They're kind of playing traditional songs, trying to just keep things going. Boudreaux, I want you to roll 
me a, another survival or a nature check. Uh, modded 20. Dirty 20. Okay. The chef, Chef Drogo, and he's going around tasting things before they get sent out. So he reaches, like, eyeballing you, of course, because you can tell that he's not, this is going to be horrible. Picks it up with the silver spoon, zips it, tries it again, and just looks down at you and, like, raises an eyebrow, and then he moves on. Bridger smiles at him. He's like, hmm? And you can, you can see and, like, almost feel Brigo. oh, okay, he liked it. He, it was good. It was good. Okay. And Butcher's like, I told you I could do it. <laughs> and guess what? What was it, do you think? It was like a soup or a broth or something? More of a soup. Okay. And he's like, mm-hmm. and guess what? I added just a little something. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I did. Girl, you got to live a little. <laughs> mm, well, he didn't catch it, I guess. Oh, I don't want to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> if you do, you can always come with us. <laughs> The party starts. Um, I would probably, Garatha would probably just be socializing with her dad, um, introducing Roscoe, which she probably would have saw if he was at the tournament. Right. A lot of people recognize Roscoe. They're kind of surprised that he's here. There are some rumors that you guys are hearing while you're mingling with all the other, mm-hmm. all the other people. As you, yeah, whisper, whisper. You do hear a lot of talking about the Glonquest mines in the Glonquest canyons, that, that there was some business with them, that somebody was interested. There hasn't been anything finalized. Like, this is all rumors. Um, <clears throat> there is rumors of talks about the pit being attacked by drow, and that's why it's being kind of in trouble, and that's why the talk of the Glonquest mines are are being talked about. There's lots of different rumors about the hot topic of the Trigroven. Many people have said that there's been sightings around the south and more west parts of the Avalon Lake. There has been talks about the the Trigroven taking over the Fort Ventral, the ranger station, and that they have been fortifying it and kind of making it into a stronghold of some kind. Um, you're hearing rumors of the slaughter that the Trigroven has been doing, just destroying everything in their wake. Also hearing many orc tribes and dragonborn clans joining the Trigroven. In regards to the orc tribes, is there anything specific that was stated or just orcs in general? Just orcs in general. They know the ones that are more in the northern parts of it are definitely involved. They... Some people are skeptic, are are saying no. All the orcs are joined them, and some of them are like, I haven't heard anything from the southern orc tribes if they've ever joined or not. So Garatha would probably, listening to that, would probably look at her dad for affirmation or not, because I would assume that he might try and keep tabs a little bit. Right. As far as your dad know, he doesn't hasn't heard of any southern tribes or uh, joining him being in contact with your mother mm-hmm. that you that he relays that they have been in contact with her and that your brother who is in charge now mm-hmm. is, has disagreed has not done it but you know that his 
your brother, half-brother's father, who is one of his close counselors, is heavy on joining the tribe open. Between that and what I've heard from my party, as well as the kind of the rumors around that, it kind of weighs heavy and makes me really worried, which would probably be quite evident for my dad to be able to read me, because he's been doing it since I was a kid. Yeah, and he puts his arm around you and he's like, well, as of right now, they haven't joined. Your brother has been very concerned about the situation now, but he's staying away from it. Okay. And then there's other people talking about this Colbath. Many of you would know this Colbath as the leader of the Trigroven, and that he has been spotted near Dengal, near the fort, down south, at Hill Tudor, Rockstead, Mapleshire. All over the place. Like, he's been seen all over the place, which some people are like, how is that possible? Other times we're like, they're disagreeing on whether it's really him or mm-hmm. if he even exists, because he's never been seen, far as people know. But many people are like, we're safe here. We have one of the best defenses. Nobody can take us out. We're fine here. I'm kind of on edge, so I want to be... Do I see Henley anywhere, like as I'm looking? I'm sure around? you're wandering around, you're eating your food, wandering around, and you do spot her near the kitchens. Okay. So, since I see Henley, I want I want to kind of do... In my head, Garatha is kind of always on a swivel, seeing what's going on a little bit more. So I want to see if I can do, even if it's just a passive perception, mm. what I see, what I don't see, like, guard-wise. Because yeah. I'm nervous yeah. now. Okay, you see that there are several people with the Vanguard symbol. They're making their rounds. They're, you can tell that they're focused. They're not mingling with people. They're pretty dedicated to what they are. There's two people at the big entrance doors. The doors are closed it's a private party. They don't want people walking in. And there's, of course, Henley and this tiefling that has the horns cut off next to her. They're both standing side by side at the doors to the kitchen. And everybody else, they're pretty much staying around the entrances and exits, exits of it. And they seem to be surveying, making note of everybody entering and exiting. So it seems very impressive to you that they got a tight security. Uh, I want to convey that to Roscoe. The Duke has noticed you, Roscoe. He's looked over at you several times, and you can tell he's very irritated of your presence. But he's not going to cause a scene. That people have been discussing it and talking about it. Oh, did you see that? Did you see that? During one of those, Portia walks up to you, Roscoe. Okay. And she's like, I see you were able to make it in. I was, yes. We we got lucky, um... Actually knew someone in the the monarchy up here, so we managed to get in. Well, I'm glad. I'm. Have you been able to talk to the Duke yet? Uh, I haven't yet. I'm a little nervous. He's been eyeballing me all night and doesn't look too thrilled that I'm here. But yes, well, I was able to talk to the, my sponsors, the Metal Reeds. Okay. I was able to discuss with them, so he may may not have to talk to the Duke. Oh, okay. So. They sympathize with you. I've been able to convince them, and they're willing to send supplies to the to the hollow. Oh. This Hayden's hollow. They've heard your speech as well. They want to help. The only problem that there is is, you know, the Trigroven, and they don't want the supplies taken. Absolutely. 
so they've kind of gave me a new job and I wanted to invite you and your in your group to see if you could help me trailblaze another route to the hollow okay I mean I'd, I'd have to talk to him but I don't see why not I think that would be I mean a good opportunity and everything I yeah it, there's a few things that they want me to to check out first I guess there's been some disappearances and trouble up there that they wanted me to take care of before I left them okay but whenever you're ready I'll I'll meet you at Mapleshire Okay, absolutely. Also, and she, like, come with me. And she takes you over to where her seat is, and she has a little bag. And she pulls out these razors. And she's like, I want you to have these. And as you look at them, they, like, have, they're pretty worn. Those scuffs and stuff like that. And they have, like, image, like, engravings of small daggers in them. Okay. There seems to be like five of them that rotate around the brazier, or the bracer. And she hands them to you. She's like, I've had these a very long time, but I think that a young, inspiring adventurer as yourself, that you deserve this. Thank you. Now these are are special. And she like looks around. Well, look and around she, too, be like. She, like, puts puts them on, and she reaches and grabs, and you see that she grabs a dagger right from the, the bracer, and it's giving off kind of a, a, kind of a glowy aura to it. Okay. And she's like, these are a bracer of daggers. When you grab one like this, as long as you're holding on to it, you can use it like a normal dagger, but it has some magical qualities to it. There are a lot of magic beast out there that normal damage doesn't hurt. Right. Where these ones can do do damage to them. But the trick with these is you can throw them and if they hit their target or miss, they disappear. Okay. And same thing. If you drop them and she like lets go, it disappears as well. So I want you to have these. Thank you so much. I would put them on but I kind of just like yeah. pulled out my little dagger that I'm hiding away. <laughs> don't want these to fall <laughs> you will because I've had them for a long time you will need to kind of bond with them it is a okay. magic item that kind of bonds with you you have to connect with them in order to use them correctly alright it'll probably take about an hour or so mm. of just connecting with them and feeling with them um is your is your friend uh the, the hooded redhead. You point to her? Yeah. Okay. It's like that one over there? Yeah, because we got two redheads. Ah, yes. Ah, yes, and she reaches into her bag and she pulls out another item, a little stone. And she's like, I, I got something for her, too. Okay. You want to walk her over there? And She walks over to Henley and she's like, it's really good to see you. Oh, hi, Bordia. I'm kind of on duty, but I have a minute. Have a minute, Rashik. Rashik kind of goes like, shrugs himself. Like, you can tell he's just super relaxed. Everybody else is pretty, but he's like, this is an easy job. Who's going to come here? And so he's like, whatever. And she's like, here, and hand you this little stone. Henley cups it. Ooh. What is this? On the stone is like an engraving of like a, 
almost like a hand with a thumb pointing up. Okay. This is what what I like to call the the halfling luck stone. It'll give you extra little little help in any situation that you have. I'm not a halfling, though. But I want you to have it. I think you try so hard, and this will just give you a, a little boost, a little luck in your endeavors. I could use some luck. Okay, so out of game, <laughs> this stone is a pretty much a you roll a natural one, you can re-roll it. Is Kinda there a like number the, of times you can do that? Just one. Oh. Once a day? Once a day. You can re-roll. I one. can't really use that. Okay. <laughs> well, I better go socialize and leave you to what you need to do. Thank you, Portia. Yes, yes thank, thank you, you so much. I really appreciate it. You, you are I will welcome. talk with my group and we'll meet you in, in Mapleshire here shortly, hopefully. Okay. I look forward to it. I've always wanted to go on kind of one last indenture before I retire. We'll make it a good one. And she nods and nods to Henley and she walks off. Henley sticks the luckstone in her pocket. Okay. What do you do with your bracelets? I mean, I'm going to show them to Henley and be like, check this out. <laughs> check this out. It's like nothing's going to happen, obviously, because they're right. not attuned, but I'm like, look at these bracelets. What do they do? Um, well, after I spend some time with them and get them cleaned up and stuff, I've got magic daggers that come out of it. What? And I can throw them and they just disappear. That is so cool. I'm pretty excited. It's going to be cool. <clears throat> Back to my job. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> Garatha, as you're like scouting things around, you do notice that Pauline, who you now know. Pauline Raven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Melon and Jorgen have been, you know, doing their serving rounds and stuff. But roll perception and make it a, make it advantage because you've been you've already stated you're focusing on suspicious behavior. I was would like to roll as well, but mostly because I was. I don't know about anyone else, mm-hmm. but I know, you know, Arthenal was going to want to try and talk to the Duke, and mm-hmm. I, he, um, Brighton had mentioned there would be some other people, so I just kind of want to do a general observation and see if I can notice anything abnormal, not anyone specific, mm-hmm. obviously, just see if I can kind of get a feel, see if there's anything that sticks out. Yeah, go ahead and roll me your perception for that. To sort of tag on to that, Henley is watching Arthanel. He's in. He's washing he's dishes. Wash- right now, he's right? watching. Well, she's watching for right. him. Be right. specific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely hear Boudreaux occasionally. <laughs> Every now and then you hear Boudreaux laugh. Yeah. And then and then this whop. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of absurdity. 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 I was like. Uh, uh, no idea what you're going for. <laughs> okay, uh, Lila, what'd you get? Uh, I got a 22. Nice. And I got a 10. 10. Mm-hmm. Nothing seems to stick out to you, Roscoe, mm-hmm. but nothing really suspicious comes out. It looks like everything's working as it should. You're just having a party. But Lila... I know how these things work. I've been to these things before. Right, and you know a little bit about the group 
that Brighton has brought in. At least you know Brighton, and so you're pretty much certain that the group that he brought in maybe not up to no good. It has some ulterior motives. Correct. I like to put it positively. And as you've been watching, you've been noticing they've been stealing some stuff off of people. Pitpocketing. And then after a few rounds of them pitpocketing... anybody that I know that they've been, or just... Just as you've been walking around, it's been other nobles, um, higher-ups that they've been pitpocketing and stuff. They mainly do are doing it down on the stage where people are dancing or the second and sometimes the third row. They're staying away from that top row. Is this something that Brighton himself would have probably been a part of? You're kind of guessing that he's been... In, so, so he's been staying near Eileen, okay. the party planner. He's been kind of staying next to her. You've seen her walk around and take care of some stuff, tell Brighton something. It almost seems like he's the number two of her, making sure things are going smoothly. So every now and then you'll see her whisper something to him. He'll take off, come back, and give her the thumbs up that everything's okay. Do I get the impression with what's going on that he's noticed or that he's like, like... Because you know, right? Because you know who he is, Mm -hmm. you're probably guessing that he maybe orchestrated it. (laughs) Boudreaux, make me a perception check. Perception? Mm hmm. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Okay. You do see that every time Jorgen, uh, Raven, and Melon come in, Godfrey's sitting there cleaning dishes. They drop off dishes, but you also see them kind of bend down a bit, come back up, and then they carry on, go grab some more food, take it out there, drinks. So that's kind of weird. You don't know exactly what, but it's only them three that do it. Everybody else takes their dish, the dirty dishes and stuff, sets them neither next to the sink or in the sink, and then they leave. But only those three seem to be stopping at Godfrey. Would I be kind of aware, and this could be metagaming, so just let me know, that... Godfrey likes to steal things and the group because that was mentioned mm-hmm. with like Raven and everything too I think just because of Brighton has mentioned a few things about it sounds a little suspicious yeah. maybe you could maybe not quite catch on but you could kind of get a sense that something so, suspicious going yeah. on. either way though I just kind of like <laughs> I just kind of giggle and just continue working whether either way right and there is one time that raven just comes running in to um to the kitchens Mm -hmm. and starts talking to like just in a panic like he's he's here he's here i I have to go i have to go and godfrey's like settle down who's here my brother he's here i cannot be here i need to go and you can see, I can see there's a, a little bit of commotion going on. Yeah. Is there anything you want to do? Mm, no, no. Okay. You see him kind of like, okay, you stay here, and he's going he's gonna to leave. You see Godfrey leave, and he goes up and starts talking to Brighton. During that time, though, Boudreaux, you see this first. Okay. You see Arthanel. He's been just being busy, not talking, just scrubbing, and you just see him kind of drop his plates, pick up a towel, 
the cloth, dry off his hands, and he starts walking out the kitchen. And he walks right past Henley. Okay, Henley is just eagle-eyeing him, just Mm -hmm. watching his every move. And Rasheed kind of steps up and he's like, looks at you, seeing you doing that. He kind of like, same thing. You see him look at another vanguard, kind of tip his head, and that person, you see kind of a head nod and some kind of recognition, like, hey, something's going on. As Arthanel's walking through, you, Lila, and, and Roscoe, you're able to see Arthanel kind of walking up. You see him grab a drink off of one of the waiters. He grabs a drink and he starts heading to the floor. Fenrir, you're kind of enjoying the music, kind of with all the other uh, bards just talking about what you're going to do. It hasn't been your set yet, but you've just been chit-chatting with Vertali and stuff. And you do also recognize... Arthanel has made his move. You see him enter in the center stage. I'm gonna casually just be like resting my arm on my bracer because I'm not quite sure <laughs> what's about to happen. Right. But I want to be kind of prepared. And you see him, and he just stands kind of in the middle of the stage, down at the bottom, and he raises his his glass up. Sorry, I think I have gone to the doorway. Okay, you're at the doorway and you're watching this, Boudreaux. <laughs> that means Henley's right there, too. I still too. have, like, a uh-huh. knife in my hand, too. And it's just because I was holding it, not because... And I'm sure you've been snacking on the food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, a little bit on your face or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's the first time you've seen him all clean and everything as well. No, she doesn't know Almost it's me. Do you know who it is? I don't doesn't know even it's Boudreaux. You might, you might want to roll a perception. <laughs> <laughs> But you see Arthanel lift up his glass, and he just gets this loud, booming voice. Lord Duke William Gregory. And you just, suddenly the music stops. People start hushing down, and people start, you know, moving away from him. And he's just standing there with a glass towards the Duke. I apologize for the interruption of this celebration meal. However, I have requested many times to meet with you, Duke Gregory, and you have refused to respond. You have ignored my quest, and he kind of gestures towards you, Roscoe, as you have many others who wished to meet with you. You see the Duke just stand up. He's like, I will not stand for this intrusion. Guards, remove him. You see several guards make his way towards him. As they start making their way towards him, you see Arthanel begin to change. See, it ruined? He begins to change both in height and physical appearance. His face and his exposed skin grows dark brown hair with a long black with long black hair on his head. He is now wearing a charcoal black heavy armor plate, heavy plated armor, with a long jagged sword that glows faintly green at his side. When that happens, people just stop, right? The guards stop, everybody everybody stops, and you can just see the Duke is speechless, like what the heck has gone on? You have thrown a magnificent party in celebration of the victory 
you, your people, had 300 years ago. By the way, everybody that can see him in this group, you know it's a hobgoblin. You have thrown a magnificent party in celebration of your victory of your people 300 years ago and claimed Grunalalok as your own. So those who know Goblin, Grunalalok is kind of roughly translated to kings or the dominator's palace. I must toast you and your people for what you have done with this place. It is not so easy feat to convert a glorious fortress of goblinoid make into a palace such as this. It is beautiful, great craftsmanship. I'm sure it was hard to hide the goblinoid structure beneath these walls. And you see the Duke stand, like, still standing up, but he leads forward. He's like, who are you? And you see the hobgoblin just raise his hands in a gesture, in a large, open-armed stance. My name is Kolbath. I am the leader of the Trigoven. And that is where we're going to end the episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, really intense. This is what it's all what have I building done? up to. You? <laughs> Think about how I feel. <laughs> I should have stopped him in the kitchen. <laughs> I should have stopped him at the kitchen door. <laughs> okay, thanks you guys for listening. A huge shout out, shout out for D.A. Nichols. She writes this wonderful music, and we have more music coming. Shout out to our sponsor, uh, Nerd Alert Treasures. They have so many D and D accessories. Use the word, use the promo code Tomies, T O M I E S, for your fifteen percent off. Give us a five star review, share us with your friends, and hit us up on our social medias: Tomes of the Chaos Bard, Instagram, Twitter. Email us at the Chaos Bar, the Chaos Pod at gmail.com. I am your dungeon master, Dave, and to the right we have Fenrir, Roscoe. Karatha and Lila. Budafu Budra. And Henley. And it's chaosbardpod at gmail.com. <laughs> Thanks for the correction. And until next time, we unroll the scroll to tell the tale. Bye. Budro, are you going to head to um, Godfrey? In there? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Party I'm- up. Um, what are you doing with your clothes? Your other clothes? You taking your gator with you? Or are you going to... Am I taking them back to... I have them shoved. Uh, they're like half in my pants and half out. <laughs> your gator is half in your pants and half out? Yeah. Stuffed in his belt? <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> I'm just a man. I just assumed that's what they would do. <laughs> men in the room. Is that a... <laughs> Let's take a poll. Take a poll. The quiet ones on the left side of the room. Yeah. What, is that what would happen? Stuffing your dirty clothes in your belt? Is yeah. that what the debate is? Yeah. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but. Well, but you don't want to carry it. I would it definitely mon- would be left on the bath- bathroom floor. Uh, I would. <laughs> but no, no, no. This yeah, is your lucky. That is more accurate. <laughs> this is your, your lucky bas- basketball shorts that you've never washed because if you wash them, 
they're no longer lucky. Well, I would you, be wearing you washed them, them though. Pants. You went in with your clothes on. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, genius, though. <laughs> It's too late. I can't do it now. <laughs> Keeping on track, talking, talking, talking about sideburns. And then sing it. Sideburns on the side of my face. As my head turns, you can see they're in the same place. Oh, yeah, my side. I'll, I'll stop. Are you recording this? <laughs> This is oh, yeah. oh, you if want you, me to keep going? If you play a male halfling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so red. Yes, please. <laughs> no, you're like the same color as your hair almost. <laughs> <laughs> Am I too turtly for the turtle? <laughs> okay. Is, is almost, right, it's so almost as good as a farmer tan on my neck and arms, a farmer tan, the secret Zeb, of my charms. Every girl wants a man with a farmer tan. Oh <laughs>